0: Welcome to You Hair Big Girls Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Mom Taku. And my name is
1: Luna. And today we have two very special guests on. They're joining us from the Shingeki no Kyojin subreddit. First is the most loved mod on the subreddit, <laughs> Dark Mewtwo.
2: Hi, I'm Dark Mewtwo. I'm the uh, head mod of the subreddit. I've been doing this for nearly five years. I've also been running the original Attack on Titan podcast, A Cast on Titan. Uh, that faded out, shifted into Cast of the Titans. That is now fading out and being absorbed into (laughs)
1: this, (laughs) so... And our second guest, um, I'm just going to introduce him as Al, is also a mod on the subreddit. Can you please say your full Reddit name?
3: Yes, my full Reddit name is Alu Ulla, which is uh, cribbed from War of the Worlds. I joined Reddit about four years ago to complain about Chapter 63, I think, and never left. So that's why my username is stupid. Um,
0: (laughs) What is Chapter 63, Al? You have to tell me what.
3: I, I think it was Wish. Um, it was the one where they rescue Erin in the cave, and I remember being very disappointed that Mikasa didn't express any concern for him in that moment.
0: Ah. Something
3: which the anime fixed, to my great delight. Uh, it, it was one of the sixties, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I've been a mod on the board since December. Everyone thinks I'm nice, so I'm supposed I've got them all fooled. For those who don't know me, I'm a renaissance man, a poet. Some might say I'm less than a god, yet more than a man.
2: <laughs> That's because there's only one room for one god on the mod team. <laughs> um, <laughs> j- jokes aside, Al is one of our oldest users, and I was incredibly happy to be able to invite him.
0: Well, we're happy to have both of you. So chapter 117, the fan translation title of it was Conviction, which I thought was actually excellent, but the chapter that Kodansha gave us was, res- what was it, Judgment. Judgment, Judgment, which I still am having a hard time wrapping my head around, but chapter Impressions, what did you think? Al, Darth?
4: I loved
3: it. This might might sound strange, but I think it's nice to have an action chapter every now and again because it lets you breathe. I find the action chapters are less heavy than the philosophical ones, so that um, Aaron's not going to sit at the table and tell because he hates her in an action chapter, if you know what I mean. So it's uh, it allows you to uh, to refresh yourself, cleanse the palate, as it were.
0: What about you, Darth?
2: I'm kind of a unique one in that I actually prefer action chapters. I mean, obviously, if there's 20 of them in a row, we have a problem. But I find it really hard to follow a fight in a manga as in like what exactly is happening. So when I saw Aaron versus Reiner in um, the now second newest episode of the anime, it was like a brand new fight to me. However, the fights themselves are still what get me screaming, holy shit, at 2 a.m. Much to the displeasure of my dad and annoyance of my dog. So this one was definitely a good one in my opinion.
1: Yeah, for me, I really enjoy, you know, Isayama's really good with this, like having uh, similar moments have go on in the manga and also then in the anime. We've seen it when Emir officially died in a manga, and then it looked like she had died in the anime, and now we have Reiner versus Eren, and what do we get in the manga? Reiner versus Eren. And I also kind of like that he was so rushed because of the Golden Week crunch that he was just like, you know what, I don't even have time to draw the extra four years on Reiner. I'm going to make him just <laughs> look the same like he did back then. <laughs> so, I don't know. All in all, I think it was an interesting chapter. There were some, not really exchanges because they were all thought bubbles, but like between Aaron and Reiner. I just wish they actually had talked to each other. But, you know, we can get into that later a bit. And uh, I am very anxious for what is going to happen now that Zeke is here. So that's my hot take.
2: Yeah, kind of to to pull off what you said. I I do like the parallels of what happens in the anime and what happens in the manga, and it's definitely true to the point of Shota's appeared in the anime, and people were like, "Oh, he's probably going to appear in the manga," and then one or two chapters later, we get not the reappearance we were looking for, but the reappearance.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, not necessarily. I guess. So the parallel topic, on that topic, there's some speculation now about Levi dying while the anime is airing Irwin's death. Wouldn't that be um, tragic?
2: I think they missed their chance. It, he would have to die in the next chapter. And well,
0: two week, within two, you're right. Yeah. You're right.
2: Yeah, two to three weeks. So the next two chapters, I'll be generous. Yeah. And he already survived the initial one. So for him to drag it out and then just kill him, like, that would be a bit much. Like, it would be if Reiner had died to the Alahu after initially surviving the, um, the Levi sword through the neck and the initial round of Thunder Spears.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, if, if Levi was going to die, he, he would have died there and then. If Levi was going to die in this
2: fight and arc, I would say. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't. I think somebody else mentioned you don't put that much um, effort into a cool scar if you don't intend on using it. So, <laughs> but it is, it is um, interesting, you know, to have uh, so much suffering happening in the anime right now. And, uh, you know, depending which way the story goes or could be, it's just all suffering. What am I saying? It's that's what suffering. we do. That's, we suffer. that's the
2: story. Yes. And I, uh, someone on the subreddit did point out that, um, the fingers that were blown off Levi's hand were actually not the ones he uses because he is a weirdo and holds the blade backwards. So
4: Mm.
0: in
2: theory, he isn't necessarily even gimped unless he's blind in one eye.
0: So even though it was an action chapter with very little dialogue, which I'm sure made golden week easy for Isayama, there was plenty to discuss about Um, lots of, Ideas in the fandom about certain panels and and how things went down and, and even character development. and I know the chapter started off right away with this fantastic moment between Porco and Peek where she hollers at him and he immediately just snaps her wrist to take off the cuffs. I mean, I just thought that was such a great moment for the two of them. I mean, it, definitely one of the gorier moments in a chapter that was very gory, but I love the teamwork between those two.
2: I think she intended for him to aim for the chain, though.
0: <laughs> do you, though? Yes No, I think she
1: wanted to end the chain off Because she wanted to transform But she can't do it with Gabi still attached to her
2: Well, of course, then... but she, she wanted the chain Not necessarily like her arm Because in the very next panel of her, she is very shocked there
1: I thought that was a very funny panel Like, just both Gabby
0: and Peek streaming Like, ah!
2: <laughs> it off. was definitely funny, yeah But my, my point is, I, I think she meant for him to end the chain
0: So you think this was another example of Porco failing? Like he he gets one chance and he screws it up. Pretty much, yeah.
1: I mean, she had to be injured as well, right? Well, yeah, but every
2: shifter can bite their hand.
0: I mean, true, but this was like two birds, one stone, I guess. I don't know. She held her fist out to him. It's not like she held up the chains and, I mean, he did what he did. Yeah. I don't know.
2: She also unnecessarily scars Gabby, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and i do prefer the initial translation of like damn that hurts or something rather than just ow
1: yeah see this is the problem i don't really know the original uh, japanese anymore because i don't get to see the scans so i don't know if kodansha did a good job or a bad job i do like you prefer the um, the fan translation this time
2: i'm just salty because i keep an eye out every single month for kodansha's latest fuck up And for months, I've been saying that we just need to sticky a thread on the subreddit that is, here's all the panels that Kodansha broke, like putting a text box from the previous chapter, or putting (laughs) a line of X's across Levi's face, or completely forgetting to fix the translation that they tweeted they would fix in the volume release. But I'm still kind of trying to avoid them suing us. Um, So (laughs) I'm not quite sure what we'll do there.
1: It always ends up in the chapter poll. 'Cause it's just Oh,
4: does
1: it? It does, yeah. You should take
0: them. They're really fun. Yeah, yeah,
4: I know.
0: So were there any mistakes this time? I didn't I didn't notice any huge glaring except for the title. I really thought that judgment was a poor translation for the actual title.
4: No 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 words in the trees this time.
0: (laughs) No words in the trees.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The the hidden messages that got everyone excited. (gasps) (laughs)
2: <laughs> i haven't noticed any but that might just be because there wasn't much text for them to fuck up
1: that's also true
2: <laughs> um the, the only real issue was that i totally thought that armin was elena for like the first several pages
1: oh same same
2: <laughs> but the, that's an easy answer.
0: it's the haircut it's the, it's the stupid haircut yeah So the first question we asked in the poll was, who was this chapter's MVP? Uh, I was really surprised at the results. I thought for sure. (laughs) Well, let me ask you, Al, who was your MVP this chapter?
3: Everyone who knows me knows how, how much I love Aaron. But, uh, MVP was definitely Peak because you can't be an MVP if you're not being a team player. And Aaron is not currently being a team player. <laughs> He's trying to keep the world all on his own shoulders. And look, I- I'm just going to come out and say it. Peak is carrying the Warriors, basically. In some cases, literally.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. Now I kind of agree with you. I thought for sure Peak would be a shoe in on this. Because she's the one character that seems to be like consistently, like you said, team player, using her head, doing the right thing, not making a lot of mistakes, keeping an eye on the big picture as she's moving forward. What about you, Darcy?
2: Yeah, I'd say Peek is the MVP of this chapter, really. I mean, Al's right. Aaron isn't working with anyone. He completely abandoned Elena, and everyone else on his side. We'll see how he actually acts now that Zeke's here, but I'm not... 100% sure they'll work together as well as people would hope they would. He just kind of seems like he's acting on his own, just trying to get revenge on Reiner and Shiganshina. honestly.
0: Well, in the poll, 61.9% declared Aaron as this chapter's MVP. Like 69% peak, only got 15% of the vote, which...
4: I was, it was very shocking.
0: I was very shocked by that. But I think there was just a lot of people who were excited that Aaron showed actual emotion this month and apparently that's enough to secure him MVP status
3: well we've been waiting a long time
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I voted like the same way I think a lot of people did like for their favorite character and I guess for most people that's Aaron still so and he did good this chapter he did
3: oh yeah yeah he he did brilliantly but part of a team uh not so good
2: I mean did he do brilliantly because all he really did was Crush Reiner, which he's always done, and Crush Porco, which is all Porco was capable of.
0: I mean, watching him use the Warhammer Titan power to skewer people, I mean, it's... I got an ask about, um, maybe a year ago, about Aaron's intelligence. And granted, in the character guidebook, he was only given maybe a three or a four for wits.
2: Is that out of five or out of ten?
0: Out of ten. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not a brilliant. I should probably double check that. I think it was a four. Not considered a brilliant character, but when it comes to how he moves and how he battles, I mean, it is absolute brilliance. It's beautiful, right? It's um, mm. like he's always aware.
1: Yeah, I think part of that was also because he was just blinded by rage when he was young. He didn't give himself the time to think these battle situations through, which now he does, you know, he, he has the, he takes the time to strategize. Chisen pays off. We saw a payoff in Marley when he used Porco as a nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm so glad so, I kept that in the official translation.
1: That same. <laughs> I did not expect that. I lost it at that. <laughs> there was so much humor in this chapter, really. Considering the subject, I mean, you wouldn't expect it. You know, there's like carnage and bodies everywhere, people dying, but a lot of good stuff, a lot of funny stuff as well. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I should say I was being mostly facetious about Aaron. He, it, it was a good chapter. He did a good job.
3: I think something else to be, to be uh, conscious of regarding such a low score for wits is he's, he's got protagonist syndrome. So a lot of that will be taking into account Mikas' obvious feelings towards him and him being totally clueless about it. As far as things like that go, the protagonist is kind of witless, I suppose.
2: Well, Was he clueless about it, or was he just I know how you feel and I don't care in the slightest because you're a slave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn.
3: It's um, a valid
2: question. Did he not notice,
4: or was he
3: a I think he was clueless about it. I think he was clueless about it. Now, now I'm not so sure, because we haven't uh, had a real insight into his, um, into his mental state. In fact, Unless I'm wrong, I think this chapter was the first in a long time where we actually got some uh, some thought bubbles from him, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. I just looked it up, and the SNK character guidebook, he got a 2.5 in <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> <laughs> and it was
2: And that was out of 10, right?
0: Out uh, of 10. Of course, uh, the guidebook went to 11 in some cases. so. <laughs> okay. Can I just give a fun anecdote? Considering what's
1: going on, like with Game of Thrones, like they also do episode polls. F- Jon Snow got a five point two out of ten from the fandom. I just want to put that in perspective here. Just so Aaron
3: is <laughs> dumber than Jon Snow.
0: But I like what you said, Luna. This is because when he was young, he was portrayed. I mean, I would imagine if they did a new guidebook and they did a similar charts to show, um, you know, their their characteristics or whatever. Probably his WIT score would be a little higher, but at the time it was 2.5. But I never thought that that was fair because when it came to battle situations, especially recently, the guy knows what he's doing.
4: Hmm. Mm.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, especially looking back on the festival arc where
3: he immediately pinpointed the Warhammer and how to kill her. Yeah. You never worry about him in a fight, do you? He's not one of those characters who who you think, oh, I hope Eren's going to be okay. You know, he's going to be okay. (laughs) He's that good these days.
1: But also a little bit of main character syndrome.
4: That too,
0: yes. Yeah. (laughs) So even though he's not somebody we worry about in that sense, this battle, this this looked close, right? I mean, if Zeke hadn't shown up, we're not quite sure what would have happened. And part of that was because of the new weapon. Uh, Any thoughts on that?
4: Uh, Yes,
3: it was an interesting uh, new weapon, wasn't it? I'm going to get really quite nerdy here because this is my bread and butter what it was is actually physically at least a cross between an anti-aircraft gun and an anti-armor cannon from the second world war you don't often get artillery with seats in it like that only anti-aircraft guns it, it was an interesting device I, I love it when isayama pulls from real world examples and in this case he um, he mashed together two pieces of equipment there's a uh, the Bofors gun, which was an anti-aircraft weapon from Sweden, made in the 1930s. And a KS-19 Soviet anti-armor gun, which was just after the Second World War. It fires massive shells, 100 millimetre shells, which would really do a number on a Titan. So it's an impressive piece of kit.
0: Now, I heard someone else equate it to the Paris gun. Is that, is that similar?
4: Um...
3: Ah, the railway cannon. Yes, I didn't know the name. William's gun. It's a similar sort of thing, only not quite as big. But once you get into artillery, it all becomes much of a muchness as soon as you go past uh, a certain shell size. The interesting thing to me was how Magath aimed and used it, which was very much like, like you would use a weapon that, for shooting down aeroplanes rather than actually attacking ground targets.
2: So what you're saying is they're preparing for a Flying Titan. (laughs) Well.
1: Or Kiyomi, if she is going to come in on her Ice Burst Zone-fueled aircraft.
3: I suppose what I'm saying to be safe is I wouldn't be surprised if if it was used at at a harsh angle for some reason. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what that might be.
2: Someone commandeers and uses it against Marley's blimps?
3: Or Zachary's plane?
1: Yeah.
2: I'm just not sure why they needed peak
3: for it. Just easy to reposition, I suppose. I mean, if you put wheels on it, that's fine. But Peek can climb a building with it on her back.
0: It wasn't that cool, too, that Peek was able... To, oh, I'd wondered about this. I'd written some meta, actually, about... Uh, remember in the Return to Shiganshina arc, for the first time we see Peek, she's already saddled up. She's already got the crase on her. And, and I had suspected that uh, she'd probably gotten loaded up in... Marley and had actually been in that, you know, with, with the bodies on her and the crates and the, the people that would be titanized that she'd spent the entire time because how in the world would three men be able to load and unload? But it looks like uh, I was kind of cool watching how dexterous she was able to, you know, put on her own gear and mount the own weapon. And I, I thought that was, that was something I'd always wondered about. So it was nice to see that spelled out for us.
4: I agree.
2: Yeah, I figured she came across on the boat in human form and then shifted once they got to the that wall there, and then loaded her up.
0: That's just one of those little tiny details that I, you know, kind of been wondering about for years now. And nice to see the answer. She can do it herself.
1: Yeah, I guess she's like an ant. You know, she can carry, what, 300 times her own body
0: weight? Apparently.
4: I think that's a good comparison, actually. I,
3: I tend to think that Peak's original skill set was a bit vague and ill-defined, so it's, it's nice for me that she's starting to uh, show some, some more abilities. I mean, we always knew she was very smart, but it's, it's nice to see her Titan show some uh,
4: uh, a dexterous nature, an agile nature.
1: Hmm. Well, thanks for giving us like the backstory on how the, uh, the weapon was designed. Now, yeah, we can think of some new purposes for it as well.
0: I hadn't even considered Something I've wondered about with these World War I, World War II references, I wonder if at this point Isayama has somebody spot-checking him to make sure there's no anachronisms in his story, because he definitely has kept the technology very consistent. You know, is he the World War buff, or does he have somebody on his staff sort of making suggestions at this point? I don't know that we'll get the answer to that.
2: I mean, Pictus' design, though controversial, may suggest that he's a World War buff yes um yeah <laughs> but it also wouldn't surprise me if he brought someone else in like reki kawahara was sword art online when he moved into the gun gale online arc he brought in an outside literally gun expert and so did the anime team in fact the the uh gun gale online alternative arc which became essay alternative the anime was actually written by a gun nerd rather than by the original author of the series
3: Definitely Isayama pulls from both World Wars, so it might just be a case of he's, he's, a, he's a mild history buff in general and he's just pulling what looks cool because if you remember Peak's original Panzer Crew, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the machine guns they used were, um, they were Vickers machine guns, which are from the First World War, but a lot of what's been seen recently is Second World War tech.
0: Interesting. Now, the gas masks that were used in um, the ro- Rockago were those World War One or World War II?
3: Uh, from what I remember, they were World War One German gas masks, but uh, mm-hmm. if I can pull up an image. They did
2: look more World War I to me, mainly because gas masks weren't necessarily needed in World War II. Uh, that being said, I wouldn't put too much stock in their appearance because it was also a fake.
3: They were fabric, weren't they? Was a, yeah, they they were, were like a hood. Yes, that's a World War I design. A lot of a lot of uh, armies, uh, uh, Allied and Axis, uh, not Axis,
4: uh, used, uh, used that design.
1: Does that then imply that Marley has also been, you know, upscaling its technology and that it's trying to catch up to the rest of the world?
4: We know they
3: have. They certainly wanted to. Um, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't seen many efforts to, to that effect, but we can assume they've made some progress by the leap in technology we've seen over the last year or so, issues-wise.
2: Yeah, we have to we have to remember that we've pretty much only seen their military post time skip.
1: True, but they were also still very reliant on the Titan force post time skip.
0: Well, this weapon that we saw introduced this chapter had to have been brand new. I mean, this maybe they had been developing it in some other resource but or some other capacity, but you know, this was specifically made to take out a Titan, which is not something they would have needed before.
2: I think it was likely built on technology they captured from Fort Slava with the anti-Reiner cannon.
0: I was just about to
1: mention that. I, they probably um, took it from one of their enemies.
3: <laughs> yes, that's, that's what you do. Sometimes it's essential in, uh, in a war setting. Hmm. So it's, it's, very likely, it's very likely they would have just copied what they captured. They were all too aware of how over-reliant they'd become on their titans and the technology was lagging behind. So personally, I hope to see more.
2: Yeah. And at this point, if they're allied with the rest of the world, then maybe it wasn't captured technology. Maybe it
3: was shared. That's a good point. Uh, there, there seems to be peace among the other nations now to a certain extent, doesn't there?
0: They have their common enemy. Yeah. Exactly. So what did you guys think about um, Magus? I didn't quite understand this, his little um, soliloquy about how he's the best artilleryman rising from the, I mean, that was a little strange to me that he was, it almost like uh, honking his own horn there.
1: No, he was making fun of the situation. It's like, oh God, times have gotten very dire if I am the best artilleryman man that we've got right now.
2: Yeah, the initial translation made that clearer, in my opinion. Um, he's basically like, why are we so bad that the best artillery guy we have is the commander in chief?
3: Yes, uh, that's what he was doing. He was lamenting the current situation. It was, oh, it's come to this. But I bas- thought he did a good job.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was basically, oh, come on, you idiots. Let me do it myself.
0: It's funny how that also parallels the anime episode where Levi and Erwin were decrying the state of the Survey Corps and uh, how, how far they had fallen.
4: Well, the war's taken its toll on everybody at this point, I suppose.
2: It does. Mainly because Aaron... Belly flopped into their actual commanders.
4: Yeah.
0: Magath had that incredibly humanizing moment with Gabby where he hugs her and calls her Gabby before immediately switching into commander mode. You know, Braun, what were you thinking? You know, definitely a humanizing moment. We also saw him taking charge on Reddit. Kingsgrave asked us to consider this question If Magath were to win here and defeat Aaron and Zeke, would that be a good thing for Eldians in the long term? Does Magath want to end Marley's wars and build peace between Eldia and Marley? And I I think that that's, you know, something, the morality of this and and who's who's really fighting for a future for Eldia is something that there's a lot of conversation about. But, you know, what's your impression? If Magath were to win here and defeat Eren and Zeke, is that good for Eldia or bad?
4: It's bad. In my opinion, Marley's a spent force.
3: Magath, I think, is a decent man. But he, at the end of the day, is just a soldier. He might be the commander-in-chief now, but I wouldn't have said he was a politician. And it, it requires more than just a good soldier to change the world. I think it might be good for Eldians living in Mali, maybe short-term, but at the end of the day, I don't think him winning now is going to be good for the
4: race as a whole.
2: I'm personally not sure that we're able to make a statement on that yet. Um, we, we know he is a good, good Um He doesn't quite like the state that things are in, but we don't know what form that may take. Personally, I think the best outlook would be Armin's. Aaron, no. Zeke, definitely no. <laughs> but but Magath, I'm I'm kind of a question mark on right now.
0: Well, he stated very clearly that he came not to wipe out Paradise, but to take the founding Titan power. So the question is, if they were successful and take that power, what would he do with Paradise? And we asked this in the poll. It's interesting. Magath explicitly says he wants to end 100 or 100 years of resentment. What does that look like? What is his intention? Uh, close to 50% thinks that he wants to wipe out Paradise, the LDNs of Paradise, which I do not agree with at all. I agree with Mom Taco in this one, and, and especially because Margaret references
1: Willy's speech uh, at the end of the play where Willy says, you know, the the Eldians and Paradis were never, you know, these enemies who, who were out to destroy the world. It was just, you know, a lie that we have been told and have been telling the rest of the world. But they are not bad people. It's Aaron Yeager who is the, the culprit at this point. And I think his actions here, again, enforce that. Like, he's trying to go after Eren. He wants to obtain the founding titan by letting one of his titans eat Eren. But I don't think he's trying to, you know, he knows just as well as everyone else that the Paradisians, they're not to blame for what has happened. And they're not, you know, the devils that they've been making, that Marley has been making them out to be. So that being said, even if he wins here, what will the rest of the world do?
4: Exactly.
2: i I was just gonna say something like that is that it may not be his choice because sure he'll lead the the vanguard but then he's got everyone else on the planet saying no kill kill burn rape pillage he could try and say no we're not gonna do that but it's it may not be his choice when the rest of the world has their guns he's
1: he's a
3: good man but he's out of his depth
1: he's only one man right
3: Mm, so and he, he he's caught up in something i don't think he fully understands.
1: Yeah, i think he's he's worked so close with all the eldians that he knows, you know, he wants to do better and he wants to end the fighting, but i don't think he necessarily has what it takes to actually have a peaceful world in the end where everyone can coexist without trying to murder each other.
4: Yeah, i agree.
0: Well, he did find out, or they all did this month, that the secret to making the founding Titan work is to combine that with a Titan of royal blood. So mm. that secret is now out on the table for everybody to know. That Aaron is basically impotent until he uh, <laughs> connects with a royal. And yeah, so and of course the connection that Zeke is that royal. Uh, I guess Historia is still a, a secret from the rest of them. So it'd be, it'd be interesting. So, you know, hypothetically speaking, if he were to, if Reiner had, had gotten the bite in and had taken the founding Titan power, kind of curious what they would have done with it. Would they have used it as a, as a force to protect Parodies? Would they have let Parodies burn? I mean, at this point, they're just trying to stop the rumbling. I think Al's right. They haven't thought beyond that. They just want to prevent the rumbling.
2: Do they even know the rumbling is coming though?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what all this is about.
1: That's an interesting point yeah. about Historia you brought up. Do they Are they aware of her and her royal blood at all at this point?
2: Depends on how much they got from Ymir.
1: Yeah, I don't think Emir would tell. And I think also Reiner promised Emir, you know, to keep Historia safe no matter what. So I hope Reiner was intelligent enough not to tell them.
4: Um, I, I, I think Reiner, for all his faults, is a man of his word.
0: Yeah, I do too. Definitely.
1: That might be Parodies' Trump card then. A very pregnant
0: historia. <laughs> A very fake pregnant historia. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, <laughs> the pillow theory.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, I, thank I, you I, very I, much.
3: No, I kind of I'm in two minds about this. I'd really love it if it was if it was fake, just for the, the sheer hilarity of it. And I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility either.
0: Thank you. Thank you, I Al. mean, You're my favorite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the longer it's lasting and, you know, how many chapters have gone by since?
0: Since 107.
1: Had... Yeah. Oh, ten. Ten. 10. Okay, then it's been quite some months. And, like, you could have gotten knocked up and had the baby by now in real life. And she's still sitting there in that rocking chair.
2: Are we going into last, <laughs> last panel spoilers here or no?
1: Yeah, you can if you want.
2: Okay. Yeah. My question is, if it's fake, who's the baby?
1: Oh, it's not hers. Time skip. It's Grisha holding Aaron.
3: Or it's any random father holding their baby.
1: I think the, the panel is like saying that Aaron will achieve his goal of achieving freedom, but not necessarily for himself,
0: but for the next generation to come. And I would say, too, now that we know that Zeke's plan is to stop anyone from having babies, that any baby, it could be any baby, it doesn't have to be Historius anymore. And it's
1: also a nice confirmation that he will fail, thank God.
2: Yeah. Uh, Exactly. Not necessarily, because...
1: I mean, unless the baby isn't alien, but okay.
2: Uh, Zeke's plan will not retroactively kill fetuses. That's Thanos we're talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I mean... Uh, Zeke's plan is to prevent children from being born. So the last parent, the last panel showing a child in the arms of someone is, yeah, it kind of spoils no, that he's not going to succeed.
2: It's, it's to create impotence. Mm. He's not going to seal up the birth canal of every Eldrian woman. He's going to cut the, uh, the tubes on every Eldrian man.
1: I think it's both, and right? And probably woman. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but- yeah. It's definitely Aaron with his and Mikas' baby.
0: Well, from behind, it either looks like Grisha, Aaron, or Jean. It's one of the three. So, What
3: if, what if Zeke's plan fails for everybody except Jean?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not an
3: Eldian. He's a mare.
0: The majestic stallion cannot be <laughs> taken down by <laughs> impetus. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody have anything else about Peek and Porco before we move on?
4: Porco?
1: Porco? Who's that? I don't have anything uh. very exciting to say about Porco?
4: That
2: sentence you just uttered is a very accurate summary of his character.
3: <laughs> Porco, he exists, I guess.
2: Yeah. Although honestly, that's more how <laughs> I feel about Peek really. Like people who know me know I don't care for her in the slightest. I'm not a fan of
3: her, but I respect her ability.
2: I mean, ability sure, but I don't see her point as a character and I don't understand why everyone's like, "Oh my god, she's the prettiest girl ever." I'm like, no. She's <laughs> like a 6, maybe. <laughs>
0: I think we found our outtake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do like that, A, people can't downvote a voice clip, and B, there is the panel where right when the Jaegerists uh, the are all about to shoot Reiner and Porco with the Thunder Spears, you can actually see Peek moving into position on top of the wall. Like, it's a very, very nice and very tiny detail that not many people picked up on that
1: I've seen. No, I didn't see it immediately as well. It had to be pointed out to me, but the, yeah, that was a nice little detail in there, which I did not expect considering a lot of stuff uh, was not put in the chapter, because I'm assuming of time constraints.
4: Yeah,
2: and like even when you're looking at Elena and Anjankipan Inyank- and their reaction mm-hmm. to Aaron getting shot, you can still see a tiny little cloud coming off the wall there.
3: i has been doing that a lot lately. Little hidden background details, like being able to see Poco in the crowd last month. Mm.
4: So I, I like it. It's, it's like a treasure hunt.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's move into the, the main point of the chapter, which was the battle. And something that there's been some speculation about was why Yelena tried to get Aaron to hide, to go inside, and Aaron just defiantly marched off to go for Reiner. Why did he make that decision to ignore her? I mean, obviously, it would have been a very boring chapter if he hadn't. But what do you think he was thinking?
1: Okay, so raise hands. Did you actually think Aaron was going to avoid fighting, or no? No. Like the moment Yelena uttered those words, I was like, "Girl, do you even know him at all?" Like, of course <laughs> he's going to say fighting. What?
4: She
2: doesn't
3: know him at all. That's the thing.
2: <laughs> if Armin said it, I could feasibly see him doing it because Armin and Hanji generally he'll listen to in a fight, like get away from the wall, fight near the wall, etc. Mainly revolving around walls, but the point stands.
0: So we asked in the poll, we asked in the poll why he did it. And um, again, I'm shocked. 40%. He's trying to protect those in the building. That was the most popular response. No, no, really? Yes. (laughs) All right. Let me just read, let me just read the results. And you guys tell me which one you agree with. Why do you think Aaron chose to fight rather than listen to Yelena and get away? The most popular answer was he's trying to protect those in the building. The second most popular was that he knows it's pointless to run. The third option, which is the one I selected, he just really likes fighting Reiner. And, um, <laughs> the last option with 10% was that he was being arrogant, which I also think that there was a measure of arrogance there as well. But um, So does anybody here think that he was trying to protect those in the building? Al, you're a, you're a huge... <laughs> Aaron Stan. Guys, we're going to get in trouble for a while. I'm I'm willing.
1: For this one, I'm willing. I mean. Al, Al, Al.
0: save us. (laughs) (laughs) You are Aaron Defense League. Why did Aaron choose to fight rather than listen to Yelena and get away?
3: A lot of this is going to depend on where you think his head is at right now. Yes, Uh, I would agree with the majority on this one. I think he was trying to protect everyone in the building because I don't think it's an accident that everyone he cares about or views as, you know, harmless is conveniently locked in a jail cell where they can't go and get hurt. The exceptions obviously being Levi and and Historia. But I, I think he's trying to put all his eggs in one basket and trying to protect everyone.
4: As, as, as sappy as that might seem, I do think that's his intention. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Darth, I just you think he really
0: or... likes fighting Reiner.
4: Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably
3: a part of it, too. I mean, it's, it's like Pringles. You, you can't stop.
4: Once, you, <laughs> once you've
3: fought Rainer, you can't stop. But Fighting Reiner is like a drug.
0: Hmm. There may be some truth in each of those options. I mean, definitely taking the battle away from the building. You know, there's 300 soldiers in that building, not just the ones he cares about. There's a lot of human life in that building. In fact, 300 weapons for Zeke are in that building. So,
3: I think this ties in very closely with um, a, a question you, you'll ask near the, near the end.
4: So I'll have more to say on that. But uh, um, I think a lot. Of, you can read a lot into Eren's expression when Zeke turns up.
1: Well, yeah. M- shall we just talk about it now? Because I actually want no, to. No,
4: because you're
2: completely skipping over me.
1: <laughs> okay,
4: Rude. go ahead.
2: <laughs> um, I, I. You're putting shackles on me with his PG-13 rating. I will say it anyways, and if you censor, you censor. He just has <laughs> a rage boner. Aaron fights, that's pretty much who he is. (laughs) Um, My bigger question is how Armin's going to get involved, because he's here, he will enter the fight. Oh, he will. And as to Pointless trying to run, I would strongly disagree with that. They've already airdropped all of their stuff into Shiganshina, so they're kind of dedicated to Shiganshina. If he goes to Trost, he can regroup.
3: Yeah, you, you can't really reload stuff back onto airships. Not easily, anyway.
2: No, no. especially not an anti-tank cannon.
3: Exactly.
4: Shiganshina is where the battle is.
0: Which was conveniently evacuated before this happened. An interesting thing was that the headquarters
1: is now also anime. That's Because uh, it wasn't in a manga originally, when they were fighting there in uh, the Return to Shiganshina arc. Wasn't it? I mean, uh, I looked I, over the I, panels. I, I thought I you would back. have added
2: it after Trost or Stohes because it's been in every city.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Maybe in other chapters that I have read, it's there, but I have in the, in the first couple of chapters where you can where he kind of shows a shot of all of Shiganshina. There's no big building resembling like the HQ. So I thought that's it... like retro, actively
0: added in there. That's interesting. I, I mean. They did have to rebuild Shiganshina, so maybe that building was added uh, during the reconstruction. That's interesting. So that's what I thought originally, but now that I see it in the anime, oh, it was always there, apparently. <laughs>
2: I wonder if you could see the bird hole at any point in this chapter.
0: Mm, uh, I didn't, didn't see it. I looked more, for
2: it. I don't think so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's being blocked by Peek's head in the overview shot. The bird hole? Yeah. It, <laughs> HK, bird gave, hole. HK gave it that name. I will therefore use it. It is the Alahu Akbert is the explosion and the bird hole is the result.
3: Isn't it a lake now? No.
0: Yeah. It is a lake, lake, but it is still a lake. hole
2: caused by bird, therefore it is a bird hole. Okay.
0: It's it's very it's very pretty. And my headcanon is that it's sort of like a park and memorial to the dead. But um... there's, there's
2: only one headcanon in this chapter and it's
1: peaks. Okay.
4: i want to a roll.
0: That was clever. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Get points for that one. All right. So Al thinks that um, Aaron was sincerely trying to protect those in the mm. building. The rest of us think that it was his rage boner against Reiner.
3: Uh, yeah, I'll, so- just, I'll just say he, there is a certain arrogance in that as well because he's trying to do it all by himself. So that in itself is uh, an arrogant
4: attitude.
2: I mean, I don't think he sees the need to protect the people in the building because all he needs is Zeke. Um, Armin is there as a gun to the head of the people against him. is just a useful pawn.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, well, the only other possible options would be the, the wine victims, but I, I'm not even sure those are a factor for him.
1: No, at this point they're collateral damage. You
3: don't yeah. want wine victims turning into titans next to, in the cell next to your friends, I suppose
2: the friends that he has put in the cell with the Colossal Titan. He doesn't care about them at this point.
1: That's <laughs> to be seen. Plus, yeah. if they
2: if they were turned into Titans, Zeke would control them and direct them at Reiner and Porco, probably. Not, um, not peak unless he's gonna make, like, a, a World War Z Titan mm-hmm. ladder, but...
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, so my answer for this poll question was actually, uh the same thing Aaron has said uh, every time. Like, you can't fight if you don't, if you can't win if you don't fight. So just keep moving forward. I don't think he was trying to protect the people in there. I think he just, he really wants to defeat Reiner. But now that we're uh, discussing like um, how to fight End because it gets interrupted by Zeke, you can see Aaron's expression change. He has such, uh, you know, a, such a yeah, how to call it trigger? Yeah, yeah, triggered. I don't know, but a very angry, vengeful look in his eyes the entire chapter, and then Zeke comes and it turns a lot softer. And I thought it was just surprised, but now that Al mentioned it, it, yeah, it could be because he knows if Zeke screams, you know, the entire HQ is going to blow up,
2: which would then free Armin to do his thing. Interesting. Um, someone else pointed out on the sub that. The panel of Aaron, like, doing that weird side scream that I'm not a fan of, but everyone else seems to be for some point, is actually a direct callback to Chapter Zero.
0: hmm. I saw the panel side by side. That was, um, yeah, that was good.
2: Yeah. Which might explain why the art sale throws me off a bit. I would also like to point out the thing that many people have pointed out is that Aaron's teeth, when he gets triggered on Reiner, just turn into full on rage mode daggers, really.
1: Yeah, they're more like fangs than teeth.
2: Yeah, which is like what we saw in the anime with the anti-Berserk mode. Which then makes me wonder if that was the Founding Titan taking over because it thought it was about to die.
1: I don't have anything smart to add to that. <laughs> it, 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 it's,
3: <laughs> it's, it's hoping that uh, the, the rage mode had a point and a purpose, I suppose. It
2: did. I, I meant to write up this big essay on it and post it in the sub, but then wh- I did what I've done for like the past three years, there's a reason I don't post anything to the sub, and that's just sheer laziness, um, is that when when I was re-watching that fight really closely, the eye color changed, the teeth changed, his thoughts changed, and it became it became the founding Titan ideology of, "I am free, I cannot be contained, I will destroy the world." So my. my my thoughts on what that rage mode was, because we know it was added by Isayama, was it was the founding Titan realizing it was about to be eaten, taking over Eren, and changing the Titan form and ideology based on that just out of survival instinct, which is what I'm wondering if is what happened here too.
3: Could well be. That's a good theory, actually. Uh, now you mention it. I do remember the strange dialogue choices in that scene, which couldn't make a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, and the eye color changed from green to blue, which. Obviously isn't consistent with season three, but season three isn't consistent with the rest of the anime, neither is season two. That's my personal gripe. So we didn't have the, I don't know what you want to call it, the the Eldian flower or whatever in in the eyes and the purple sheen. But I think it was the the original meant to be indicator of founding Titan control.
1: See, I don't know if, if I would call him going in this chapter like similar to the berserk mode in the anime. Like, it's, it, it's closed, but it's not quite there.
2: We've seen two panels of it. It's hard to tell.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So whether or not Aaron is in control, Reiner is clearly in some control at this point, although I don't know, I don't know what to make of him in this chapter. His despondency is certainly still there. I don't know. What would you guys think? Luna, what did you think? He's your guy. How did you feel about Reiner this chapter?
1: Honestly, a little bit conflicted. Because, um, okay, we knew he was planning to come and to fight. And then I was like, okay, what is your battle plan? How are you gonna beat Eren this time? What is how are you gonna not get your ass kicked this time? And it's just same old, same old again. And I'm like,
0: what? (laughs) Reiner? (laughs) What are you doing? I he came he came close this time. I mean He did,
1: but I thought I for sure thought there would be more to his plan for some reason. I, I had higher expectations. Yeah, uh... it was pretty
2: much just Armored Titan as normal with a side of Porco. Yeah. Like, it would have at least been interesting if he, like, bashed his own brains out and then eaten Eren when he went to check on him to see if he was okay. But that wouldn't have happened. (laughs) But his his complete 180 from suicidal, half-deformed, half-Titan to normal Mm. Reiner was, it threw me
1: off. I mean, I love that form, but I, I, it was also kind of cool to see him like, you know, when, as soon as he landed, the, you see that big broad armor titan, and it's like, okay, it's going Yeah, down.
2: I, I'm just saying, I'm surprised he could mentally make that 180 so quickly.
1: I mean, he did it because of the kids, I guess. Those are kind of his driving force at this point,
0: so.
2: Half of whom are dead, and the other half who abandoned him. <laughs>
0: what did um what did you guys think about the uh the parallels between him and Zeke as far as a lot of people thought that his ideology was very similar to this chapter., uh, why are you still living? We can stop the pain. You just need to die. Um Did you think that that was a deliberate reference to Zeke's ideology?
4: I think it was definite projection
0: I've seen that a lot,
1: yeah, because that that was in his his mentality, right? Like, like, just let me die. Let my pain end. That's how their last battle ended, basically.
2: I mean, he definitely wasn't thinking straight, like when he said, Aaron, you're not a own." when Aaron has mopped the floor with Reiner three out of three times.
3: I think Reiner thinks Aaron is as lonely and despondent as he himself is, and that's where the projection comes in. Aaron, I'd say right now, still has people that love him, even if they don't understand what he's doing and why he's being so horrible to them, uh, Reiner feels more alone. Probably, I think Aaron Aaron is prepared to feel alone if he knows the people he cares about are safe. That's my view. Reiner just wants to be a more traditional sort of hero, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's a more simplistic worldview on what heroism is, but it's still trying to do the right thing
4: like invading a hostile foreign country to rescue two children. Hmm. On that note, I have to wonder
3: what Reiner's mental state is going to be like if this entire attack stalls or fails, because it was all his idea.
2: It's a good point. He could be putting everything in this, like all his emotional baggage could be riding on the outcome,
3: which he's not going to (laughs) win. He can't win thematically. For, I mean, as, as far as the story goes, Marley cannot win here. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see how it goes. Maybe there's something else.
2: Unless this is the end, the final panel is a red herring. and
3: Everybody dies.
0: <laughs> it's funny. The last time the two of them spoke was chapter 100. And as part of that conversation, Aaron specifically says to Reiner, Uh, acknowledges Reiner's suffering. You know, you were just kids. You've suffered, haven't you? Um, I think I get it now. We're exactly the same. You know, I I can understand. I I don't know so much that Reiner was projecting. Um, You know, when Aaron sort of said those things to him, Reiner sort of laid bare his soul to Aaron in that basement in chapter 100 about you know, what he went through, what his life was like. And, and Aaron didn't cast judgment on him. Aaron just kind of nodded and said, yeah, we're the same. We keep moving forward until our enemies are destroyed. So the takeaway from that for Reiner might have been that they are the same, that they are experience, That they are victims of a situation that they have no way out of except to die.
3: That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Reiner could have read a lot into that conversation. And I'm not saying he's wrong to have done so because I, I don't know what Aaron's mental state is right now. I'm guessing he's horribly depressed, but until we see more, everyone's just sort of leaning
4: towards their own preference or getting what little scraps of evidence they can. Reiner could absolutely be right.
0: Well, I just, I can see why Reiner would think that based on their last conversation. I mean, he, he begged Reiner. Uh, Reiner begged Aaron to kill him to end his suffering. Hmm. And Aaron stood up and smiled and said, we're the same. I just keep moving forward until my enemies are destroyed. So I don't know. He might have seen it as permission to to end his suffering. I don't think that's it. I think
1: Reiner thinks that Aaron's goals are unattainable. Maybe because he's tried to do the same thing, you know, save the world and... Or the people he cared about, and he knows that what he did was not the thing that would eventually lead to salvation. And I think he sees the same happening to Aaron, but he also can see that Aaron is suffering, right? We've, We've said before that he cannot be enjoying what he's doing right now, even if he thinks it's the best thing to do.
0: Well, and who else would know what the other one is going through but each other? I mean, they've they've done the exact same thing to each other. They've they both have attacked each other's hometown. You know, they both have have, have chosen this path. They both had no choice in the matter as children. So Well, the whole attacking the
1: hometown thing, I think Aaron had more of a choice in that than Rainer ever well, did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I meant getting the
0: Titan power as a child mm, wasn't true, Aaron's choice. yeah.
2: He attacked where they were. He didn't choose where they were. And regardless, it's kind of a tit for tat thing. If we're talking about the how dare you attack my hometown thing, I don't think Porco had a leg to like, stand on there. Like, seriously, that's literally what you did for like five years.
3: Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a very natural human sort of hypocrisy, though.
0: Yeah, we asked in the poll about this attack. I mean, Parodies is a threat to the world. They have the founding titan. And depending on the estimate, hundreds of thousands of colossal Titans ready to, you know, be unleashed on the world. Uh, so, obviously, Aaron is a threat to the rest of the world. I don't think that that's disputable at this point. So, it makes sense to me that Marley would attack Shiganshina and to try to retrieve that founding Titan power to prevent this sort of apocalyptic situation. I don't see this as being about revenge at this point for what happened in Liberia. Maybe for Porco. Do you hmm. think for Reiner and Magath that this is revenge? No.
2: I think Reiner knows Aaron was justified and Magath is probably like, yeah, <laughs> fair enough.
1: I don't think Reiner thinks Aaron was justified in what he did. I, th- I think that's far from it. But
2: He knows Aaron's feelings were valid. You screwed us over in my house. I'm going to screw you over in yours.
1: That was not the reason why Aaron did it, though. I don't think it was petty revenge, and I don't think Reiner saw it as that.
2: Right, but... My point's stands. I know I'm the
1: tired. readers saw it as I'm that. Everyone was cheering, yeah! Payback's a bitch! 2.0! <laughs> yeah, but that's not what was intended there.
2: I can't wait for Armin's Colossal Form to be given away in the Season 4 opening.
0: (laughs) CGI. I just feel like they're there to prevent an apocalypse. And yeah, I mean, I think that's, I don't know, but it's, it's, the fandom seems to feel a little differently about what Magath and Reiner and the rest of them are there for. So Reiner's there to retrieve two children. I mean, that's one child in particular, right? Definitely. I mean,
1: and he doesn't know about Falco. Everyone else does now on Team Marley, but. So I think uh, Zeke will uh, show him probably next chapter. Uh, I-, I feel like it's inevitable. Like, he's Chekhov's gun is-, is on the wall and it's-, it's being slowly taken off and loaded and.
2: Cocked, yeah. I yeah. mean, we've got-, we've got Falco here. Falcon's ready to turn into a Titan. That was always my question when people were like, Falcon's going to get the armor. I'm like, how is he going to get a serum? He's got a serum. And Reiner's here. And Reiner's mental state is fragile. So maybe Reiner has a mental breakdown and Falcon wanders in and becomes, like literally wander like a big stupid Titan.
0: One thing the fandom is in definite agreement on is that um, Zeke is close enough to titanize those infected final serum and his spinal fluid and that he will absolutely do it. I mean, 80% at this point agree that those 300 soldiers are goners
2: 81.1 thank you very much
0: yeah it's a it's it's for a while it was a hundred percent though i for the longest time uh it's a done deal which honestly breaks my heart because niall and Pixis are like and falco i mean these are characters i care about
3: i think that's why erin looks uh so worried i think there's an element there of I've done all this hard work to lock everyone up safely. Oh no, my brother's here, and he's going to turn them all into titans and ruin all my hard work. But as far as Zeke's concerned, Eren's done too good a job of pretending to be his ally, so Zeke won't know that Eren cares
4: about that. So he'll just scream.
0: That last panel of Eren is the one that I've seen. I mean, we asked on the poll what best describes his expression when Zeke appears, and it's been amazing to me how many different ideas there have been is it astonishment? Is it relief? Is it worry? Is it fear? I mean, what is Aaron feeling at that moment? And we probably all read the panel completely differently. Al, do you think it's worry?
3: I think it's worry and astonishment, because I think it's more than one element of worry, because there's also the element of, my my brother is here. Oh no, where's Levi?
1: See, do you really think that Aaron is that concerned with Levi at this point?
2: Absolutely not.
4: I do.
2: I mean he put he put him there. He knew where he was.
1: He knew that Levi would be with Zeke and the wine and he was planning on meeting up with Zeke anyway, so he knew that Zeke was going
0: to escape. The Jaegerists are the one that supplied the wine to Levi's men. This was not this was not you know, this was not Zeke. This was the Jaegerists who were reporting to Aaron.
3: Does Aaron know about the wine? Yes. yes. Is that for definite or is that your opinion? That's
1: for definite. We, he established it last chapter when he was talking to Gabby and Peek.
3: It was probably Peek his told, plan,
1: even. Yeah.
3: I, well, I'd say he definitely knows about it now, obviously. I'm just not sure he knew in the beginning, but maybe that's me being naive. Marshall thinking? <laughs> perhaps but you know when when information is so scarce an element of wishful thinking is always going to come into play
0: it's true I am getting very tired of being in the dark about Aaron I mean I, I'm, I'm with you to a degree Al I've always wanted Aaron to be a heroic character and you know at first when he was like dark Aaron it was kind of fun and it's not fun anymore it's 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 like, okay, chapter 112 happened, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And I am very much ready for some kind of indication that he's still on the side of the people that he claims to be protecting or care about. You know, I just, I'm ready for it.
4: I understand that. I think he is still. And
3: believe it or not, I'm not normally a very positive person. I'm actually quite the pessimist sometimes. But... I do genuinely believe he wants the best for the people he cares about. And I'll, although I won't claim to understand even a little bit of what's going on in his head, I do think that he's he's got the right intentions somehow.
0: But uh, do you think his intentions are right to whom? To paradise? To his friends? To all of Eldia? To the world? What is his focus? Or is it just freedom? Is it just Freedom for whoever's still around to experience it. I mean, what, what is it? What is he doing that he can't tell anybody else and that he has gone to such lengths for? It has to be something that nobody, nobody else would agree with. Otherwise, he would have told them, right? Right. I mean, what, who is he fighting for? If he's fighting for just paradise, if that's the only, then he, it absolutely intends to unleash the rumbling and wipe out the rest of the world, right? If he's fighting for all of Eldians, why wouldn't he have shared that with somebody? I mean, this is the part that gets me, what's the need for all the secrecy? Why couldn't he open up to anybody else about what he's intending on doing?
4: Because he has a
3: 2.5 intelligence score. <laughs>
0: <A> 2.5 <laughs> of 10 intelligence.
1: Well, the thing uh, is, is, it, is there a narrative reason for him to not tell anyone or is it just to keep us, the readers, guessing and interested? Maybe that's the only reason.
0: This season's anime started out with Eren flying across the wall, saying, you know, not just me, us. You know, he was a team player back then. As far
3: as Aaron goes, um, regarding who he's fighting for, what his goal is, I think the flashback we need above all else is him talking to... Uh,
1: Yelena?
3: Y- Yelena Galena. Yeah, all I could think of <laughs> was Miss um, um, Loon
1: Raccoon um, swoon.
3: Loon <laughs> Raccoon Swoon. I love that one.
1: I think we need the flashback of him speaking to her after uh that night
3: after the railway was completed, and I think that's gonna be a few jigsaw pieces slotting into place. Why?
0: I don't know. It's a good thing No, feeling. I agree. I why, agree. Why that's,
2: would he that's... tell her anything other than what she wants to hear about Zeke?
3: That is the night he changed, apparently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I want to know what was said and why he changed so much in that one conversation. So I just have this gut feeling that it's really so important. You don't
2: want to see it for Aaron's side. You want to see it for y-
4: Yelena's side. Either or, really. I mean, as long as I get the dialogue.
0: I mean, there's the theory that Yelena opened up to him about Zeke's plan, about the wine plot, and Aaron decided to side with them to, to you know, keep your enemies. Close, closer, um, so that he could maybe derail the plans from behind the scenes. That
4: is what I
3: would like to go with, but I'm not going to say for definite.
0: Even then, why wouldn't he have told Hanji? Why not tell them, uh, don't drink the wine, guys? You know, I just I don't see the reason for secrecy.
4: If maybe that's that the was case, the first night they drank was all the wine.
1: Only, the only way he could convince Seek and Yelena he was on board.
3: It was after the celebration or during the celebration, wasn't it? Maybe that was when
0: they were right, first drinking right wine. Right after, I think, or during And yeah. then the rage at Hanji in that prison cell for mm-hmm. their lack of activity. I, I don't know. I, I, We need that conversation. I agree.
4: We do, yeah. I, I think
3: it's, it's just all speculation until we have that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So in a couple of years, we'll know.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
3: <laughs> Which is good, because that means that I a
2: job.
1: Well, a a nice thing about this manga is that you can always reread the the earlier chapters and get so much more information and insight from it with the information you have now.
3: Assuming Kodasha didn't screw up the translation.
1: Yeah, okay.
3: (laughs) I fully expect there'll be an Isayama interview next month where he says, yes, at this point, I estimate I'm about halfway finished.
4: Right. (laughs)
3: By the way, this is how it ends.
1: Yeah, this is like a running joke with him at this point. Like, oh yeah, I'll be done soon. (laughs) <laughs> and now he's just like, you know what? Let's just release the audio of the end.
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, I have an issue with the ending, but I, I have no issue with him continuing to continue.
0: Life back. Okay, poll question. Who best represents Hilo, the hero who will save the world? Not parodies, the world. What do you guys think?
1: If we look at McGoth and how he interprets Willie's um, will. <laughs> Sounds silly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Willy's Willy.
1: <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> then the way the the chapter uh, was going, we saw Aaron and Reiner fighting when Magath mentioned that we need a new Helos, even though the old Helos was just like a myth. Like now we need a real thing, and then it immediately we got a panel of Reiner. So I think to Magath, Reiner will be the next Helos, but then like a real hero they can turn into, people can believe in and be grateful for, and God knows what else.
2: I just missed the theory that the Helos in the play was John.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a great theory. Yeah, when we that thought was a, everyone was cosplaying. <laughs> that,
2: was a, that was a fantastic theory, and I wish it had come true. As to who Helos actually is, I'm, I'm closer to saying Armin, if only because he's the, the peacemaker with the actual plan to unite the world.
1: Well, that's what he wants, but have we ever seen him make a plan? Enforce that plan?
2: Um, Every time Armin's been on the battlefield?
0: I mean... Are we going to ask for receipts?
2: (laughs) Shiganshina?
0: Um... Because he was trying to talk to Bertold?
1: He wanted to talk it out, or...?
0: He did take down Bertolt Hoover and Shiganshina. His plan.
2: He figured out Reiner. And um, Mm -hmm. God, my memory is bad. Um, Didn't he have something to do with coming up with the the fight against Rod, or was that all? Mm,
0: I don't think he was involved in that. With Female Titan Arc, though, he did figure out Annie's motivation, who Annie was looking for. And he
1: did figure out Annie, so. No, but I mean specifically in regards to, like, world peace.
2: He's never been given the chance to implement world peace. You can't can't really (laughs) write him off.
0: I think what we, what, we, what we will agree on is that Magath, Reiner, Peek, Porco, they all want a place for Eldians in the world. They don't want to burn the world. They want the world to exist. They just want their fair share of it. And I think Hanji and Armin are probably inclined to that as well. Everybody wants Eldians to have a place in the world, whereas Aaron seems to maybe be the only one, he and Zeke, who don't share that idea. My thinking at this point is that Aaron wants to destroy the world and save the people of Paradis. He's never seen compromise as an option, ever. Has he?
4: Aaron is
3: one of those people who, who will freely admit to letting the world burn if it means the people that they personally love and care about are safe, which I think on our darkest days is most of us, but we don't say it, you know? I'll say it on my brightest days. (laughs) <laughs> fair, well, fair enough. <laughs> You're
2: more like Eren than you know. Konosakai wa
0: At Darth, none of us get these references. It's it's a reference to Attack on Titan! <laughs> what did you just say?
3: This world is cruel! He, he's speaking in some sort of strange language. I, I don't know it. I, don't know I am directly quoting Mikasa
2: in, like, every other episode.
0: <laughs> say, it, also, say it again.
2: Konosakai wa
1: See, you're saying it with such an American twang that even yeah. I heard <laughs> okay.
2: This was like me trying
1: to listen to Vögel im Käfig and then figuring out oh, it's English this time around. Yes, thank you. <laughs> At least
2: I'm not the only one who was like having a mind map. plus dubstep just really isn't the way to go.
1: I don't know how I feel about it yet. But okay, so I say Reiner is Halos. Dart said it's probably Armin in his mind.
4: I would say it's Falco. Oh. Hmm.
1: Or flying Titan.
4: This is this is like
2: the spitball beyond spitballs. What if the theory about it being Jean wasn't wrong, and that was just, just <laughs> foreshadowing?
0: I mean, he could become the future ambassador to Marley and establish peace relations once he's. Yeah, I mean, who knows, right? It could now go any which way. No, Falco. <laughs> I, I would take Falco.
3: Maybe he loses just the friends we made along the way.
0: <laughs> Maybe so. All right. Is this the final battle, yes or no? No. I mean, everybody's here, right? Yes, but it's not going to end yet. If the,
1: the manga is really going to continue for at least another 12 months, I, this cannot be the last battle.
3: I think this is the final battle between. Uh, distinctions between uh, Warriors, Paradis, Marley, that kind of thing. But I think there's one more big battle to come.
1: I think so. I think the world will come knocking soon, and then that's when the the World Titans will get released. But I think for right now, I think uh, Zeke will titanize the people in Shiganshina.
3: Yes, I think he will do that.
1: They may, they may still do a test with the World Titans in Shiganshina. I don't know if that will still be a thing. And then the world will come knocking on their doorstep, and that will be the final battle, I think. I personally think Zeke will titanize the wine drinkers and that mm-hmm. will make Eren drop
3: his charade and reveal what's going on. It will make him I don't know how you you, you guys feel about whether Eren is actually playing his brother or not. But if he is, I think Zeke doing that will will make Eren drop the disguise, drop the
4: act so to speak.
0: I think I think we all think he's playing his brother. I mean, I think that's, nobody believes that he can be in agreement with this, right? I, I think Aaron's intentions are for the people of Paradis. I mean, I do believe that. I mean, he's, you know, let's go along with that. He is uh, pacifying his brother, pretending to go along. He has different intentions. Zeke titanizes the 300 people. Uh, we can assume that maybe Aaron has control of them, not just Zeke. They both have control of these 300 mm, titans.
2: No. It's the, it's the royal blood that gives him control.
0: Well, yeah, but then... It's like rock, paper, scissors, right? Does Founding Titan trump royal yeah. blood? I, I mean...
2: Founding Titan can't activate without in, coming in contact with royal blood. So if he touches Zeke, sure, he can control them. Okay,
0: but...
1: That's, that, was me, that was my question. And then he could take over control from Zeke.
0: Right.
2: Because Founding Titan is the be-all, end-all. My barometer on if something is the final fight or not is the presence of Annie. And
0: oh,
1: yeah.
2: Right now, there is no possible way for Annie to be here. The The alternative is... Isiama's been leaving us with Chekhov's gun... Chekhov's crystal for... <laughs> what is it? We're getting close to three times now. Three times longer than she was actually in the story. So the alternative is... She never fucking comes out. Or she comes out in or prior to the final battle. And right now... There is zero way he can narratively make it make sense
3: that she just bursts through the wall. I had a thought that she appears in an epilogue. <laughs> not to depress you or anything, but she doesn't come out of a crystal until everyone else is long dead.
2: <laughs> that, that just defeats
3: the purpose to me. Yes, I suppose it would. It's not what I want.
1: I don't think that will happen. I, I think she needs some resolution considering her father, maybe her relationship with Reiner... Because goddamn, he was a, a big meanie to her.
3: He was, wasn't he?
2: Unless, we're getting back in final panel here,
4: mm-hmm.
2: unless oh, God. Annie comes back out, she yes. wasn't affected by the path, so she's mm-hmm. still fertile. Therefore, she gives birth to Ugh. a new race of Eldians, and the baby was hurt.
3: Well, that sounds very depressing. It's probably true. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much.
1: Yeah, maybe that's how we should approach this series. Like, what sounds the most depressing? Okay. Then we know what's going to happen.
0: Oh, okay. So what do we think is going to happen next chapter? More of the same? Battle continues? Or? Battle continues, possibly concludes? I could see
2: us shifting to Levi and Hanji. I could see that too, to be honest. I, in fact, I, I thought we would this chapter. I was very surprised to <laughs> see. See the battle because it's the exact level of cuckery I've grown to expect from Isayama. Mm.
3: <laughs> if the battle continues,
4: I expect Peak to die. Next chapter to who?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. Zeke,
4: probably eaten. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting if she wasn't, because then
3: where does the power go to a newborn infant? That's because, and that's a that's a peculiar set of circumstances, then, isn't it? What do you do with that?
2: Which then takes the nine, the nine Titan buffet theory off the table as well. Exactly. I'm not a fan of that. I don't, I don't think that any Titan shifters are going to die by non, non-nomming
3: means. <laughs> you could well be right. I suppose I would just be interested to see what would happen if one did die like that, but they do seem fairly indestructible.
2: It'd be incredibly interesting to see what happens if Zeke tries to fight Peak, because they're both on top of the wall, and she's got a cannon. That would be a fun w- fight to watch.
1: What's the reach on that cannon? Do you think?
4: Half of Shiganshina district. <laughs> we already know this.
1: Oh, well, We've got Peek on one end and Zeke on the other then, so.
2: Oh, good point. Yeah, he's on the inner wall. She mm. is
1: on the outer. Yeah.
2: yeah, decidedly on the outer, but she's like midway across the I think Zeke would still be in range, and if he's gonna come fight her, he's gonna get in range.
0: As fast as and- she moves, is it really an issue? We've seen
2: Yes, because that thing weighs like 2,000 pounds. And she has to not throw Magoth off, which was where <laughs> I was going with that. Was if she. He can mm-hmm. ride
0: inside of her mouth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean,
0: that's, that's phrasing. Okay. I don't know how else to say that. He, I mean,
1: she
2: but, she. but what I've tried to go with this is if, he gets, if Zeke gets in close quarters of Peak, we get to have a Zeke and Magoth That would be interesting. I'd like
4: to see that.
0: I did appreciate that he called him Boy Wonder. He helped to raise Zeke. I mean, Zeke has been a part of Magath's life for since he was, what, yeah. seven?
1: Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, the dynamic there, that relationship. Um, I mean, obviously, they have one. And, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see them get some interaction here. It's hard to imagine any dialogue happening, though, when Reiner's incapacitated, Zeke's on the wall. What's the very next thing that happens?
2: Magoth asks why Zeke betrayed them I mean that's the obvious step to me Which then Zeke can say to, For Elde's extermination And then he's in a titan So that gets overheard or something like that I don't know the,
3: the interesting dialogue to me Was Zeke saying Leave it to Big Brother now The the choice of dialogue to me implies that Zeke wants to fight on his own Now and not and not have a sort of team up Which is peculiar
2: well, I, I thought it was just because he was saying, like, Aaron, you can rest.
3: Also, you really need to rest. It could be just a cool catchphrase to end the chapter on, you're
4: right. I,
0: I absolutely love the way this chapter ended. I mean, how sinister. And Aaron's expression next to it, the first real emotion we've seen, aside from rage and disdain, whatever he's feeling in that, whether it's worry, whether it's relief, yeah, it's it's fantastic.
4: The mask has dropped
2: the fact that he has Dio's voice actor from Jojo is just, ah, uh, it's, it's so good for me. And now I get to deal with the fact that in three or four years, I'm going to get to hear Dio say Oni-chan or Oni-san or whatever it is. And that is
0: fantastic. I, he just sounded so shmarmy in the anime. I was
4: that <laughs>
2: is, that, That's just that voice actor. And it's, it's brilliant. Go watch Jojo.
0: I was so, so happy when his voice just kind of just made my skin crawl. Like if he'd had a sexy voice, maybe like that would have confused me or something, but (laughs) him just sounding sleazy and schmarmy just worked for me on so many levels.
3: You have to remember Zeke's the kind of person that wears glasses he doesn't need. So as a glasses wearer, I find that very annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's like, my poor eyesight is not your fashion accessory. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. They got no, it. it's his only memory of his father, but okay. <laughs> yes, 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 He's like the, in your pocket
1: the pumpkin then. spice latte drinker of... Uh,
2: Titan Shifters. Of Power- yeah. <laughs> exactly. I hate you.
0: <laughs> okay, back to, the to- back to important matters. So, Wild,
2: This is important.
0: Excuse me. Hush, hush. <laughs> so, Honey Lemon on Twitter asked us, up until now, we saw... Aaron, either in rage or determined to push forward to destroy his enemies. However, as soon as Zeke arrives, he has an interesting look on his face. Some may say he's touched or relieved. I'd say he looks conflicted and worried. Now, we already discussed this. Hmm? Uh, Honey Lemon ends with, would you agree? So, do we all agree? Well, let's, let's just do a round table here. Um, what One word. What is What is Aaron's expression? Darth? Wonder. Okay, so you think you're like, more astonishment?
2: No, more like an, uh, a shock and awe thing.
0: Okay. Luna?
2: like he, he, he has the same expression okay. as Yelena when she was
4: looking at him mm, on the boat.
1: No, there's, there's admiration in uh, Yelena's facial expressions. Aaron doesn't have that. He just appears very surprised. I don't know if it's shock, but just surprise, borderline,
0: oh God, no. And Al, you think worried.
4: Uh, I I like Luna's answers because it's immediate surprise followed by,
3: oh, God, no. So, yes, worried.
0: Yeah. I mean, relief, astonishment, worry, I think it's all there. Like, this is happening, you know? Whatever it is, it's happening now.
3: Uh, Yeah, people are complicated and they feel multiple things all at the same time, don't they? So,
0: yeah.
2: So, Mom, what you're saying is, Yorundna ima kokodai.
0: That is not what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> at least you finally understood
0: one. I, I didn't. so God. <laughs> I just decided it was best not to agree. Are we doing it now? Yes, right exactly. Here? exactly. Oh, is that what that was? Yes, God, it's, you it's, are such a
4: nerd.
2: I've watched that scene probably like 50 times. I so. love that scene. <sighs> yeah. Like That's literally, when, when that scene came out, I, I was still working in a restaurant, so I would sneak into a closet just to pull it up on YouTube and watch it again. <laughs> partly because it was my only way of getting a pure line of UC Big Girl cocaine at the time, but partly because the scene's just amazing.
4: Well,
1: that concludes our manga discussion. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with our QA and anime discussion. Welcome back. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the break music. Um, right now, I want to start by talking about the anime because Return to Shiganshina is finally here. And I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this art, but also a lot of people have been dreading it. So let's start with some general thoughts about the first three episodes. Uh, what are you th- your thoughts so far?
3: I think that they've done a very good job of explaining some of the battle tactics that I think in the manga... Sort of got lost on a few readers, like what happened with the horses and mm. what what Zeke was actually trying to do um animation really helps in that regard, and i i'll admit for me personally, there was a sense of oh, I see that <laughs>
4: that,
3: that, that in the manga briefly confused me i loved 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 Aaron and Raina's s- slow fight. it wasn't fast paced, but it was weighty, and it felt real and i i I know
4: a lot of fans didn't like it but i hope it grows on them because i thought it was an amazing fight to be honest love the use of the thunder spears i'm just very impressed so far all three episodes
2: i love the sound of the thunder spears that's just like cathartic (laughs) yeah um but to to the anime itself um what you mentioned al about the uh the diagrams, really. Um, those were really good. That really, um, I could tell it was Araki who, who made that decision because he did the same thing with Death Note. It, it helped and it adds like a, a layer of brevity to an otherwise serious art. Like in the last episode where they had the, the chibi colossal titan throwing houses over the wall, I <laughs> had to pause the episode and crack up because it was just too, too funny.
3: Eren's little jump over the wall, the little hop.
2: Yes, just the, <laughs> like the, the Mario sound effect. Just the effect of having voice acting and music always changes it so much for me. And I made a point of not rereading Return to Shiganshina because I wanted to kind of make it fresh. And it was. I completely forgot the whole like skirmish on the ground with the small titans that Marlo is going through right now. That being said, someone on Reddit made a post about how the new opening is full of rainbow bird shit. And the entire opening theme song is irrevocably ruined for me.
0: I don't know if it's just me. The sound balance on the OP continues to bother me. I'm watching it on Crunchyroll. It just seems like the vocal track is too soft and there's just not a good balance there. Am I the only one that's bothered by that?
2: You mentioned that yesterday and I wasn't quite sure what you meant, like vocal versus uh, instrumental, which you just clarified. I'll have to take a listen after this and get back to you on that, but I haven't noticed it.
0: Okay, then maybe it's just my television. I mean, I I don't know.
2: I think it's just a loud song in general. Like I've mentioned this before, Revo did a line of cocaine and then hit (laughs) That is what this song is.
0: I've been delighted with the anime this season. I've heard a lot of criticism of of my various Discord servers about the use of CGI, which I agree is unfortunate. Um, But as far as a literal adaptation of the manga, so far they've hit all the right notes. I mean, I I feel like this arc, this Retarded to Shiganshina, these chapters, I know incredibly well. I've read them enough written about them enough that I I wouldn't say I have them memorized, but I know exactly which moments impacted me emotionally. And they have absolutely hit every single one of those. So I've been delighted with this season so far.
1: I think the, the anime so far has been really good aside from like the colossal Titan.
0: Yeah. We'll
1: have to suffer through that, I guess, but I feel even more emotionally, connected to it than when I read the manga like with the voice acting and maybe it's because of what knowledge I have now I have a better insight into characters but it, it, it's really, it's doing a lot for me. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. This was uh, a good uh, you know because when I was reading the manga I wasn't enjoying it very much. I thought it was like a lot of ass pulls and um, bad story choices yeah but they did that a little bit better in the in the manga building up to that or sorry in the anime building in the anime yeah building up to that and I'm, um, you know i always thought the basement reveal was the best part of this arc and i thought i wouldn't really enjoy the rest of it but i'm thoroughly
0: enjoying it so far as somebody who loves this arc i can say that i love the adaptation which is very rare I, you know, I had some criticisms about um, Uprising. Yeah. Uh, they missed a lot of my favorite moments. This one, they're just nailing it. Okay. OP and ED. Does anybody love the OP or are we all sort of like, eh, about visuals it?
2: Visuals or song? Any, all of it. Twelve. The visuals are... important. Too much green. Um, green bird shit. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, I think it's supposed to be rainbow blood, but it's reminding it me is, of something else. But it's bird shit. <laughs> I can't say
2: um and the CGI is just god awful, especially the part where half of the houses throwing are below his hand. Um, <laughs> I was incredibly happy to see that that didn't carry over to the actual episode. The song itself is growing on me; it's growing on me a lot. I still don't like it as an opening, though. Um, I'm definitely I'm yeah. definitely waiting to hear it as um the full version. The full the full version I think is going to okay. be fantastic. But that's just been a theme of season three, is the the songs are good songs, bad opening.
0: What about you, Al?
3: I enjoy the the opening song. (laughs) I think, like Darth, I want to hear the full version. Because I I remember opening two uh, from series one, I did not like very much at first. And then I heard the full version. And then I heard an English version of it, so I knew what they were singing about. (laughs) <laughs> and Now it's my favorite opening. <laughs> it's it's amazing what can what can change just from hearing a few a few extra verses. So of is is really underrated in my opinion. I I agree, and it it's swiftly become my favorite, and it's
4: remained so,
1: even above Sargil.
4: Yeah. yeah. Huh. I just I I don't know why I love it so much, but I do, and I think
3: part of that is the visuals of of opening two as well. The visuals of, of this opening, I think, quite poor.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. We all we all agree. Good.
3: I'm hoping
2: we get a revised version, like we did for
1: It's not as bad as the clip show, but it it's you know, it's just like taking certain points from the anime, putting a green filter over it, and then some rainbow colored bodily fluids. <laughs>
2: not, not, not just certain points from the anime, certain beta frames, pretty much. Like the the unfinished product that they then put into the opening.
0: The ED as well is something that, um, I mean, this is the first time we've had an ED that is just Ken Burns slideshow. Um, And I was looking at the cast notes, exactly two people worked on the ED. That's it, two people to work on the ED (laughs) for an entire season, which has got to be unusual. Yeah, one was the
2: singer and the other was the PowerPoint assembler. Basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say... I love the song. I love the ED song. I'm not crazy about, you know, the 104th uh, Trainee Days slideshow. I think some of the art's beautiful, but I'm really struggling with it. And if if they didn't keep it that simple to change it later, I'm going to be shocked. Mom Taku and I bet uh, $10. We got $10 riding on the fact that those visuals are going to change at some point this season. Or not. So. Yeah.
4: I
2: could see them changing, like... Grisha's flashback visuals. I would hope they yeah. would change
0: this. How about you, Al?
4: Yeah?
1: I like
3: Good. it. Um, it feels like watching an art book, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> I, I don't expect to uh, have, have uh, too much, too much from, an, from an ending, just something to make me feel a little bit sad or, or bittersweet. But I like the idea that they might change it over time.
0: It really worked for me with this latest episode with uh, Marco's death and uh, Bertolt and Reiner, you know, hmm. just the level. That the, um, the ED got me, it really got me this time. But I think moving forward, I'd love to see it change.
4: I'd, I'd like that. Yes, I'd be okay with that.
1: I'm very happy with the ending, even though it's just a slideshow. It, did ri- it hit all the right points for me. It made me feel very, well, not nostalgic per se, but just like, oh, look how much has changed since those days where we were all sort of getting along. And now we're all trying to kill each to other. Me,
3: a, a good ending is one that makes you feel nostalgic for stuff that didn't happen to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we agree, <laughs> and, though, that the production values compared to what we saw last ED with Historia, you know, where, or yeah. uh, birds, are, um, Yugare no the one, uh, that kind of revealed the, uh, <laughs> the, the woodcut Yeah. Um, so production values are definitely down this time. I mean, you know, shockingly yeah. so, in fact. And that kind of had me worried for the rest of the season,
1: but so far, aside from the CGI, and mostly I'm referring then to the Colossal Titan, it's been really good. If they rush the ED and opening to put more time and effort into the episodes themselves,
0: I'm okay with that trade-off. I just wonder if the animation crunch, the, the problem with the animation industry in Japan has finally caught up with our with our favorite animes, because I've heard that One Punch Man is also being very poorly animated. I,
2: I've, I've heard nothing good about One Punch Man. Yeah. On a pipe, and then it was just, fuck, it's berserk. Uh, yeah. Crap, <laughs> it's berserk. Um, and I think it, the, the animation crunch hit us mid-season two. It definitely hit full beginning of season three. It makes me incredibly sad. We did get a revised version of the Red Swan opening. I'm hoping, I'm praying we get the same thing for this one.
0: Okay, anything else about the anime? Mm, Not really from my point of view. Okay. Well, let's move into some questions we got from uh, Twitter. Our friend, The Humble Servant, asked, Reiner showed some care and concern for Aaron by saying, you don't need to suffer anymore. After their conversation, I'd really hope their relationship would bear fruit than the continuing resentment and fighting. Do you guys think they can still reconcile or are they too far gone? So what do you think Reiner and Aaron, is there any chance for, I mean, do you think Reiner was showing concern for Aaron at that moment or was it rage?
2: My answer to all of the above is he was not concerned for Aaron. He was projecting and depressed. He was not, there, there is no hope for friendship between them.
1: What about you Luna? I mean, Naruto and Sasuke could do it, so.
3: <laughs> I'd agree with Luna. I mean, there's always a chance. I mean, th- the most famous example that I can think of that leapt to mind is Vegeta. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, it sounds silly to say, but when you consider all the horrible stuff he did before he became a good guy, and he did become a yeah. good guy, it, r- redemption is not impossible. You know, if, if someone really regrets the bad things they've done, especially if they've done them in response to a cruel world, all that's needed is for people to put aside, you know, the, the lingering anger.
2: And but there's a massive difference between re- redemption and reconciliation. Absolutely. Redemption's
3: entirely possible. Reconciliation, I think hasn't gone fully out of the window yet.
0: I, I just, well, they even mad at each other at this point. I don't get the feeling there's even, I mean, they're resigned to doing what they have to do. I, I didn't get the feeling in chapter 100 that Aaron was particularly angry with Reiner. He didn't seem angry at all. He just seemed uh,
3: apathetic. Th- that's yeah. absolutely right. And it's that lack of resentment that, l- that does lead to the possibility of reconciliation.
0: Yeah, I would love to see it happen. They both have to stay alive first, though.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure if it will happen, personally,
3: but I think, yes, there's absolutely every chance it can. I, I wouldn't say no, not at all.
1: It depends, really, what, what Aaron's drive is at this point.
3: Yes, and again, it all, it's, all, yeah. it's all coming down to we don't know anything about Aaron and we know no stuff about Aaron. Please, I say, I'm a help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's got to happen soon. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Attack on mom life. I won't, we, we don't have time for all of question, but the USJ event is starting at the end of this month. So, um, she'd had a theme park related ask that I don't think we're going to get to, but what are your thoughts about the upcoming exhibit? We're going to have the, uh, clonoids again. Um, any thoughts there?
2: I have no idea what that is.
0: The USJ event is Universal Studios Japan. We have a whole new attack on a titan. Uh, exhibit that's going to be opening up at Universal Studios Japan, including a clonoid. Do you remember the old clonoids, Darth? You have to know about this.
2: Uh, if you tell me what it is, I might, but the term itself it was means the
0: life size that statues. That, of that's Armin. what I was
2: thinking of, yeah. Yes.
0: So they're doing a whole new one.
2: I, oh, of Armin? Because I only know of. No, no, Armin, no, no, no. Armin.
0: They're doing Erwin they're doing and Levi the night before the return to Shigonchina, and basically just going to have a whole exhibit like they did last time.
2: That's interesting. I only remember the life-size armor titan they made. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Honestly, it's going to sound bad. If it's only in Japan, I don't care. Put, put it in Universal Studios California where I have a chance to see it. <laughs> cool. Awesome. I love it. Japan, I don't care.
0: All right. I think some
3: man is going to steal that Irwin statue.
0: You know it. Some someone <laughs> in this hall is going to steal it. Some crazy the American statue. woman is going to show up and uh, be arrested. <laughs>
3: I shall look for you on the news.
0: Yes, please do. <laughs> tall, tall, blonde, crazy looking, uh, crying probably as she's drugged from the exhibit. That would be me. <laughs> okay,
1: so our favorite um, person on Twitter, Polka, has come up with another quick fire round. So what's going to happen is you're going to have to choose between two characters and just say the name that springs to mind first. Don't think about it. Okay. So, the order, you, you let's do which,
2: which ones you prefer.
1: Yeah. So, okay. let's do Darth, Al, Mom. Okay. So, Reiner or Aaron?
2: Reiner. Aaron.
1: Reiner. Reiner. <laughs> Falco or Gabby?
2: Gabby. Falco.
1: Falco. Falco. Mikasa or Annie?
4: Mikasa. Mikasa. Mikasa.
0: Mikasa. Mikasa. <laughs> Yay! So, <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes Annie. An
2: well, Stiller's not here, so... I
0: had invited Stiller to be on this podcast and he didn't get back to me, so... He's there a grumpy there. old
2: man and I need to text him if you want his
4: response. And
0: there was his chance. Okay, next one. Magath or Hanji? Hanji.
4: Hanji. Hanji.
1: Hanji. Magath.
4: <sighs> Zeke or Floch? Zeke. Zeke.
0: No comment. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you have to choose. That means Flock.
0: Flock. Okay. Zeke. <laughs> Xavier
1: or Kruger?
4: Kruger. Xavier.
1: Kruger.
0: Kruger. Jean or Armin?
2: Armin. Armin.
0: Both. Do I have to pick John? Armin. John. Armin. Uh, John, final answer. Okay.
4: <laughs> Jean.
1: Now for Sasha's heart. Connie or Nicolo?
2: Connie.
1: Connie. Oops. I went out of order. Connie. Yelena or Emir. Which one? It doesn't say, but let's go
4: oh. with Lesbian. The...
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Lesbian. <laughs> Lesbian.
0: EMir. Lesbian. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so for the record,
2: mom is pro sand girl. Everyone else is
0: no, so- uh, look, my, my Emir versus Pad's Emir. My Emir always takes top choice. She's my girl. 100%. I love her. I'm just giving her the credit of calling her by name. She is the Emir. Dan <laughs> Castle Girl is not Emir. I'm sorry.
3: She is. For some reason in my head, I read that as Ymir. Or Ymir.
1: Okay. The last one. Okweno or Oyankopo?
2: On Yankapon because I have PTSD from the festival threads.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ogweno's knee!
3: <laughs> Ogweno because those memes were hilarious.
0: God. I, will, um, I feel like I'm betraying the Discord, but I'm going to go with On Yeah, On
1: for me as well. So that was the quick fire round, and I, we got some nice hot takes on that one. Thank you, much. I Polka. think you
4: all,
3: all know what hill I'm dying on.
0: You are dying on Aaron Hill. One Aaron Hill. <laughs> mm. Friendship is magic. They will, they will all get, it'll <laughs> all work out in the end.
4: Yes. It will absolutely yeah. all
3: work out in the end, and I'm not in denial at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like Stiller. <laughs>
0: I do. I want it to end well. And I, and I want a happy ending. And I know that it's not going to happen.
3: <laughs> Death. Despair. Destruction.
0: It's, that's basically it.
3: I always choose to be
4: positive about the things that are going to disappoint me.
0: All right. Do we
1: have anything else? Nope. Well, then I would like to thank our two guests, the wonderful subreddit mods. Darth, thank you for being on. Finally this time, we missed you Last time with Eric, but I'm happy. Uh, not my very fault. I happy. got
2: fired. Nintendo is <laughs> assholes.
0: Let's, Dorothy. You can't say that.
2: It's not my fault. I got fired. Nintendo is. A-
4: <laughs> Are you objecting? <sighs> Are you
1: objecting? Ej- I like being the- on the
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> I was responding to the we missed you.
2: But, yes, thank you for having me on. I okay, hope can, we, can...
0: can we start over? Because I'm not sure I can edit. It. So let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I clarified. I was not talking about this.
2: Thank you for having me on. I hope that I can continue in the future.
0: <laughs> what? Nothing. Al save us. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
3: You're very welcome, and it was a complete pleasure and honor for me to be here. I very much enjoyed myself. God, you're British! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it was very nice having you. Thank you for being on. It was uh, I really enjoyed your insights, and especially on the World War I and II weaponry. There were some really interesting facts, so thank you for sharing those with us.
3: You're quite welcome. I keep meaning to make a video about it, it, about it as soon as I get around to doing it, but, you know... You know how it is. Well, you
1: should, I think. It's very interesting,
4: so. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad I didn't bore. It was a real pleasure.
0: We'd also like to thank our Patreon, Kenny H. And I'd also like to thank um, Slifer2289 for the lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Um, By way of reminder, if you'd like to support this podcast, we are on Patreon and Ko-fi. And also, you can support us by telling your friends, leaving a review, or tweeting about us.
1: So, as always, thank you for offering your hearts and your ears, and see you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: How am I going to fix that?
4: You
3: can't. There's always one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just want to say, while we're saying things that are going to be edited out, I have 100% (laughs) held back on Bitches Love Canons from Helsing Ultimate, and you are
4: welcome. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Because PG-13 is shackles.
1: You can go and start your own podcast.
0: You could. Oh, wait. (laughs) I have twice! Three times the charm.